Grace, mercy, and peace God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Isaiah, the 56th chapter, part that reads, The Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. This is a part of our text. You may be seated. I don't know quite what's happening, but it sounds like every once in a while this fades out. So we'll see what happens, and it's still saying it's okay, so we'll see what happens. Okay, well, last week we focused on the temple, fulfilled and continues as the body of Christ, and today we want to move on to the Sabbath, a word that has been shackled for all too long and made all too small and abused as well. Now, since the blue laws in North Dakota have been relegated to a footnote in history, by the way, how many of you remember the blue laws? Oh, over half. This is good. The Bible's understanding is once again free to instruct us on the true meaning of the Sabbath, not for recreation, but for recreation. For a key to understand, Isaiah 56 is the Sabbath and has much to say about what the Sabbath means for us today. Listen again. Everyone who keeps Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Now, if you would go ahead and read those verses that they left out, verses 2 through 5, you would read, about those people who have no hope of being remembered. Men who can't have children. And then there are people that are excluded, such as the foreigner. So look at the Sabbath. Let's look at the Sabbath, what it is not, what it is, and what it means for us today. In order to consider what it is not, I'd like you to open your hymnal to the small catechism on page 321. 321. Some of you will have this known by memory, and that's just fine as well. But 321 under the third commandment. And let's read that or speak it together. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, when you head into the meaning, I want you to think about what's not there. What does this mean? Together, we should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred, gladly hear and learn it. Did you spot what was missing in the meaning? There is no day. Yes, there is no day mentioned. In the Old Testament, the day is heavily emphasized in chapters 20 of Exodus and Deuteronomy 5. It's all about not working on a particular day. As it reads in Exodus chapter 20, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work. You, or your son, or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or your sojourner within your gates. How many of you remember 
your ancestors about not working on Sunday? Uh-huh. But what's the last day on a calendar that's not a business calendar? Saturday. The Old Testament Sabbath day is Saturday. Now, the emphasis on not working was to recognize what was going on behind the scenes. That God still provided, that God was still working to provide for his people and all his creation. But now, why is there no day in Luther's meaning? And Jesus helps us out, as in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, when he says to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, don't try to fit people into a day. It is a blessing for humanity. So this works out in Matthew chapter 12. A man with a shriveled hand was there, and looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And now Jesus goes ahead and gives examples of animals like one falling into a pit. And then he says, about how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he heals them. For again, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 8, he says, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, Paul goes ahead and summarizes the Sabbath in this way, which gives us insight. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in the questions of food or drink with regard to a festival or a new moon festival or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance, or as the NIV would put it, the reality is found in Christ. For the Sabbath is not limited to a day, but to a who. Jesus himself is providing, as we will see in the Canaanite woman. But there was a problem at the time of Jesus. You see, foreigners were being excluded from worship. The high priest Caiaphas had gone ahead and made a declaration to move that trading that was going on, of buying animals to go ahead to make sacrifices at the temple. They moved that into the court of the Gentiles, from the Kidron Valley. And so their place of prayer was chaos with the bleeding of sheep and the mooing of cattle and people yelling and changing. And this exclusion was also a problem at the time of Isaiah. It was not to be so, for when Solomon dedicates the temple, he says in 2 Chronicles, likewise, when the foreigner who is not of my people Israel comes from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and outstretched arm. When he comes and prays towards his house, hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all that this foreigner calls to you, or for which this foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. And so now we go back to Genesis chapter 2. So remember that it is for the foreigner, this temple. And on the seventh day, God finished all the work he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. God's resting means that it had reached the goal that it was complete. And why everything was working according to his word. 
Adam and Eve were, of course, created on that sixth day before the seventh day. And so when God enters into his Sabbath rest on the seventh day, every descendant then from Adam and Eve are included in this Sabbath, this completeness. There was no separation of different nationalities. We all came from the same parents. And so when they, people say there's different races, no, there is one race, the human race. But sometimes we just race so far, don't we? We get tired. There was no difference between Israelite and non-Israelite, between the non-Jew and the Jew. However, when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit of the tree, they stepped outside of God's order. They stepped outside of God's word, outside of the Sabbath. And the functioning of God's word ended in judgment rather than in life-giving grace. Worry was born. Pain increased. Toil predominates the joy of work. Death entered into humanity's life to end it. And as time went on, people started dividing out between the unbelievers and the believers and each group together and unrest. Uncreation was happening. So what did God do? But he had made a promise through the curse of the serpent that the serpent's head would be crushed by one born of woman who now becomes our recreation. Hebrews chapter 4 says it this way, so that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter it that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Since then, we have, since then we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. The Sabbath is not limited to a day, but fulfilled in Christ. For Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Yes, that's what the Lord wants for us. And when you rest, you're recreated. Our gospel reading gives us a striking example of this recreation and also of the foreigner being brought in to God's people. This woman is not only a foreigner, but a Canaanite. You can't get any more separated from God people than this first of all God's people were not to marry such people and so children would not be born to them they were to be eradicated from the land when the promised land however somehow there are still Canaanites this foreign woman is not only the lowliest outcast but her life is a living hell as well her daughter is oppressed by a demon there is no Sabbath rest for her. And yet, Jesus' presence comes to her. For he is the Lord of the Sabbath, the creator, the recreator. Now she tries to act like an Israelite, addressing Jesus, O Lord, Son of David. But she's not. 
She is excluded and her hypocrisy will get her nowhere with Jesus. And yet he is the Lord of creation who by his word is the provider for every creature with every good thing. And all that she is left to hang on to is the word. And faith is born. And Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, brings the Sabbath rest to her. And she is renewed. For in the Lord's Sabbath, there is no poverty, there are no demons, but God providing through his word. In the temple, there was not only forgiveness, but the first fruits of the harvest for the feeding not only the priests, but also the widow and her children, the orphan and the poor. Jesus is God's temple. He is God's presence and through him provides for those who trust in him. Now you, you are God's temple. God's representatives, the body of Christ, that is the church for others, especially for your brothers and sisters in Christ. James chapter 1 says it this way, religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained from the world. Tall order, isn't it? It is difficult to keep the Old Testament laws, especially of the Sabbath. Because you know what? You always end up working, don't you? How many of you were, remember dairy farmers or have, came from a dairy farm? Yeah, there's a few of you. Cows still had to be milked, did they? Those that are in the medical profession, people still get sick and need help on the day of rest. And see, this is what's important. The rest is in Jesus. He is the fulfillment. He brings rest to his people through the forgiveness of sins, through reminding us how he provides. For on the cross, everything that is wrong was laid on Jesus and was crucified. And he cried, it is finished. And then rested in the tomb on the Sabbath. But it didn't stop there. On the eighth day, or if you want to say the first day of the week, he is once again the light of the world and brings the blessings of his Sabbath, God's Sabbath, once again to his people by his word through baptism, through, through the announcement of sins, and now through the bread and the wine connected with his word, this is my body, this is my blood. It is a blessed holy communion. Here is where God is declaring and making you who you are in Christ. And he brings your whole life into his Sabbath rest in Christ. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.